Hi, I'm an insomniac who listens to Metallica to go to sleep at night. Paxton. I'm the dogs and children barking at Dr. Reed. Sarah. <laughs> and welcome to Queer Middle Minds, the podcast where two sapphics get drunk, watch an episode of Criminal Minds, and then talk about it. Tonight, we are watching season one, episode one, and I did not write down the name of the episode, so one second. Tonight, we're watching season one, episode one, Extreme Aggressor. There will be spoilers. There will so be spoilers. In the episode, or probably the show in general, go watch it now, and then come back later. Or don't. Yeah. Or I'm don't. I'm mad. And then just have your whole Criminal Minds experience be through like two gays that's also yeah 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 yeah. you could do either i'm not your dad but you know who is is it jason gideon (laughs) a little bit of background sarah's been watching criminal minds for years yes i watched criminal minds as a teen in high school with my father when it was on tv and you've seen the first like two two or three episodes like what five times i've seen the first two or three seasons at least four times i meant to say seasons yeah (laughs) yeah And aside from, like, one or two episodes from seasons one through three, I have seen it once. But I'm currently on season 10, which is longer than Sarah has watched it for. Correct. And I started watching it after years and years and years of Sarah and Sean, our friend, watching it, thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just watch this. And, like, while I do homework, it'll be a good background thing. And uh, what hooked me um, was the absurdity of the serial killer in this episode luring women by selling them specifically 240z's which is a car that my father owns in my in the notes i i wrote that the car is a z question mark and then paxton will know so i'm glad that you know do you know the start this this ep- the tone mm-hmm. the tone of this episode so it's in seattle washington obviously it's raining because it's seattle washington of course it starts out with a, a classic mood which is um online shopping at work what this episode is shot in such like it's filmed like an action movie or like a thriller or like a drama (laughs) it's it's sort of funny because like so little and so much happens in this episode yeah like it this is one of the least insane criminal minds episodes but because because of the tone of how it's filmed it is the most insane criminal minds episode Mm -hmm. so the the lady who gets kidnapped, well, she gets kidnapped. Yeah. Her name is Heather. She's car shopping at work. She wants a Z. She is in an extremely early 2000s looking chat room and is like, yeah, I'll test drive your car yeah. to Ranger. And then is shocked and appalled that she gets kidnapped. Not to victim blame, but like, come on, man. Yeah, we don't victim blame on this show, but full offense oh. to Heather. Um, I think if a guy was taking the lock off of a car door, I would notice. You'd be like, be like whoa, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really funny that after she gets kidnapped and he starts driving away and she's like, haha, you missed my turn. Um, pull over, pull over. And then she's like, stop the car now, stop. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> grab the wheel. Well, like, the wheel. it's not going to work. I realized that the music that plays as she's being kidnapped by this man is is like a hard rock or metal cover of In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Holy shit. <laughs> yes! I wrote, I wrote the most noise cover of In the Air Tonight. <laughs> yeah. It is so staticky. And then he punches yeah, so her in the head. he punches her in the head and the next thing I've written is just Hotch with three exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. So after she gets kidnapped and punched out we cut to yeah my beloved 
for his introductory notes, bullet points I have. For everyone else in the world, Hotch is just some guy. Um, for Paxton, yeah. the love of their life. Um, and also that he looks so greasy looks- and so young. Which only applies to people who have seen later. He is he he is so baby. <laughs> he is so baby, which is so funny because he's clearly like yeah at he least is. 37. I think he's yeah. I think but he's like thirty five. I also think this scene is funny because he is with his wife mm-hmm. uh, Haley, and they are thinking of baby names because Haley is very pregnant. And the first one they suggest, sort of jokingly, is Sergio. And I'm like, I didn't even catch that. The cat. cat. Emily Prentice's cat. (laughs) Emily Prentice's cat. Emily Prentice isn't going to show up for at least one more season, but um, she is the love of my life. Right after we go meet Derek Morgan, he's in a a bar with some some ladies who I think are FBI trainees or something. He is. I made a note about this because I was like, Morgan is wearing a full suit and this is the only time in this show he wears a full suit aside from when he's like I wrote the same thing. I said, I can't believe he goes goes to a bar in a suit, Morgan full suit, fucked up. And then, so so he's like playing some drinking game with the trainees um, where he's like, uh-huh. I immediately forgot what the drinking game was. Cause I've also been drinking. I can't even remember, but basically he gets a phone call from Jason Gideon and the, the trainee ladies notice. And they're like, wow, you work with Jason Gideon. Did you work with him in Boston or whatever? And Morgan's like, we were supposed to. So clearly we got, beef. got beef. Um, speaking of Jason um, Gideon, he shows up lecturing mm-hmm. his class. Yes. I've written is- um jason gideon my beloved loathed (laughs) yeah i think later i said gideon is truly like your dad and that you can only have a good or bad relationship with him at the same time but also i put he is your favorite uncle based only on the fact that he is the least homophobic uh so that's the gideon energy the only thing gideon has going for him is that he's played by mandy packin packin (laughs) Mandy Patinkin. Pa- I'm sorry. Mandy Paxton. Mandy Paxton. <laughs> I didn't know he was your dad. <laughs> That's how names work. He could be Mandy Patinkin if you're looking to adopt another child. Um, I I do have two living parents. Uh, Mandy, Mandy, you don't need to date my mom. Gideon dated your mom. I'd have to either kill Gideon or your mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> My mom would date Aaron Hotchner, and then we would have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, Gideon is giving a lecture to students, showing that he is a profiler, super genius TM. And I have, I've written down his cadence when he's lecturing. Sounds like, well, I tried to write Snape. Um, I wrote Snap. But he sounds like, it, it's something about, like, his weird monotone. Uh-huh. Um, right. Ju- just when yeah. he's lecturing specifically, I was like, why is this, like, Snape's? first little uh monologue in uh, whatever the hell the first harry potter book is philosopher's stone sorcerer's stone yeah that's the the american one yeah yeah i wrote down that the 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 guy he's describing the guy he's describing is white 22 and had a stutter and his students were like bullshit how do you know he had a stutter and then he's like Oh, you fool. I'm a profiler super genius. <laughs> I'm a genius. I wrote, is this the gas station guy that comes back later? Thinking that would happen in like three or four episodes, forgetting. <laughs> it's literally like the end scene of this yeah. episode. Um, yeah. And then in the middle of a Gideon being like, no, it's not bullshit. Here's why. 
um, Dr. Spencer Reed shows up looking like, and I said, a guy you instinctively bully or a very academic lesbian. I fully wore that outfit two days ago. Yeah. Yes, like entirely. (laughs) Yeah. Reed is supposed to be, he's 23 in this season, right? I, he might be 22. I think he turns 23. Is he our age? I think he's literally Fucked our up. age. Um, yeah, you gotta remember he's genius. Yeah, the thing is that, like, somehow Morgan looks older in this season than he does later on, and I think it's, I think it's the hair. Weirdly, it's, like, weird and It's so, yeah, I think being bald makes Morgan look younger. <laughs> yeah, Shamar Moore. You're so lucky, Shamar Moore. Shamar you don't Moore, have to worry about that shit at right, all. You are so hot and handsome, and also, why do you look younger without hair? And then I wrote this, this episode is shot like an action film, which I mentioned earlier. It, it is like, yes, the, it is so, to- and this happens mm-hmm. with pilots a lot. Like, yeah. TV, like the, the, the pilot will be so tonally different from the rest of the show, but I oh, yeah. forgot how extreme it was in this case. Um, mm-hmm. I also forgot how long it yeah. took for any woman to show up. I know I was, I fully didn't think any women characters were going to show yeah, up. Yeah. I was like, I was I like, does Elle not show up until the end? And I was like, is Garcia not here until the second episode? But she is. They, I know. Come, they come in. They, they get there. Yeah. So Reed shows up and he's like, we've got a new case. It's somebody they're calling the Seattle Strangler. And so they go and meet up and I missed a bunch of shit because I don't actually pay attention to the procedural parts of no. this procedural drama. Who does? But I guess the serial killer left a note that it's like, for heaven's sake, catch me before I kill more people or something. Yeah, which is like a thing that um, a different dude that the BAU had caught had left, had like written on a wall in what looked like blood. Gideon had like a photo of it up. Um, and then there's yeah. the only note I have from this scene is, um, is Reed says, looks like medical leaves over, boss. And I just said, okay, Spencer, because it's so. Yeah, well, I put the stuff before that where it's Morgan doesn't think that Gideon can do his job well anymore yeah they really they really i think he he just has a lot of beef about whatever happened in boston which presumably is that well we learn later that six agents died and and gideon did some shit yeah i just think they didn't have reed's character nailed down yet no i did enjoy him in this episode he's he's like he's just a little bastard in this episode yeah and then and then we cut to where the theme song for criminal minds would normally go and it's just not there it's not there i wrote no theme intro just criminal mind they play the theme like later sorry if if my mic picked that up somebody drove by my window i live on a busy street (laughs) um they do they do play it later right in like a very like quiet toned down tense way yeah um, but it was, it was just like weird. it was just like a, a weird noise, um, reminiscent of the Law and Order dun dun. Um, and then yeah, but just sort of like an ominous drone. Yeah, all I've written is tan trench coat Hotch. Yeah, I wrote I think like at the end, but I was like Hotch wears like sort of a gray trench coat the whole episode, which is so funny because I don't think you see Hodge wear a coat any other time except like. He does episodes where they go to like cold places. He wears the classic BAU quarter zips. Yeah, he'll wear quarter where Whenever it's cold, people wear quarter zips <laughs> that are like unzipped, but the collar is popped. Speaking of, or the or they're all the way zipped and the collar. Is Speaking popped. of quarter zips, where they're where they're unzipped and the collar is popped, I genuinely enjoyed Gideon's fucking bright red quarter zip in this episode. Oh yeah, that was really for great. Sure. Um, the fact that because okay, so Hotch will wear um. For our listeners, I'm a costumer, so I noticed these things, Sarah. Um, 
Sarah has previously bullied me for for knowing what like tie knots. knots I also know how Reed knots his tie. It's not okay. just Hotch. I noticed because they changed Hotch's tie knot and it didn't make sense from a char- character perspective. I digress. I noticed these things. Hotch wears overcoats on occasion, but they're always like dark gray ones or like black ones. He, I, This is, as far as I remember, and I could be proven wrong in the next few episodes, this is the only time he wears a tan one. And it's, it's giving me... <laughs> I don't know what it's giving me. It's giving me something. No, it's just, it's all just so weird. I also made a note that Hodge is just like so friendly in this episode. It feels so fucked up and weird. I was like, he's so nice in this. Yeah, I have. I don't get it. I I have a note that says Hodge cracking a joke, question mark. Yeah, Um, Hodge isn't like, he's not mean, but he's just very very stern and sullen. Like most of the time. And professional. He separates and, his work life from his personal life. Yeah, and I usually that. <laughs> when he like makes jokes or is soft, it's like on occasion in special circumstance and not when they're working usually. Yeah. But this whole episode, he's just like pretty nice the whole yeah. time, which feels so strange. Yeah. Um, I forgot about the cage that the girl is in. Oh, yeah. Wait, before that, oh, yeah, when yeah. they're getting on the plane, Hodge talks to this random woman with like a bob. And you never see this woman again, no. but presumably she's an FBI shrink. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Hodge, you're here to make sure that Gideon can do his job or to step in if he can't. And I'm just like, first of all, who are you? Second of all, Hodge, it's not like Hodge is new. Right? He's, that's not why he's here. He's here to do his job. <laughs> you freak. Unless they like, I don't know. Did they like yoink him off of paternity leave or something? It's, like, really I don't know. I mean, it might also just be that, like, they're setting up the fact that Hodge is sort of gunning to be team leader, but he's also, like, not really. Really gunning. Because, like, <laughs> it's, like, something he wants, but he doesn't want to, like, dethrone anyone. No. He doesn't want Gideon to fail. He's, like, Hodge genuinely is, is people will, like, say he's ambitious, and by people I mean characters in the show will, like, right. be, like, well, obviously, like, you want to, like climb up the the, Mm -hmm. the corporate ladder that's not the fbi ladder i mean yeah and there is no like no analysis no behavioral analysis to back that up he's just kind of vibing and like he's good at his job and he like wants to do what's best for his team Mm -hmm. but in this episode he's just having a good time yes so yeah, which is fucked up enough. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, they get on the plane and they fly to Seattle. Yes. Um, I forgot that this is the episode that they that they mentioned in this episode that Hotch started his career in the FBI office in Seattle. Yes, that's a fact I never remember until I watched this episode again. Yeah, so they, he's like, haha. Yes. They pointed out later in a different episode, I think with Rossi, um, who doesn't show up until season three. Three. Yes. God bless him. God bless yeah. him. Bronzo. <laughs> bronzo we'll get into bronzo we'll get into bronzo later later um there's an episode where it's like him and there's like some serial killer or something i don't remember all of it uh and and they have like a hotch but he it, it's like seattle in the late 90s and he's oh and he's working at the fbi office in seattle cringe and I thought that was the first time that it was me- mentioned but it's actually mentioned in the pilot and uh which is where I wrote hotch cracking a joke 
and it's uh mm-hmm. he's introducing reed and morgan and gideon and i don't remember what he says for gideon but with morgan he's like morgan's specialty is this is agent morgan his specialty is obsessional crimes which never comes up again oh if anything, the thing for Morgan that comes up again is uh, how much he role plays. <laughs> how much he role plays, and also um, just how much he's going to just, just, just beat the shit out of pedophiles. Oh yeah, and kick down doors. Kick down doors. He's God. We love kick Morgan. Down doors. I love Derek Morgan. And then Hotch is like, "This is Morgan. His specialty that will never come up again is obsessional crimes. This is Reed. His specialty is everything." <laughs> and then he says. And after two years of me busting my butt, I hope you remember me. And everybody laughs. And I'm like, sorry, Aaron Hotchner just cracked a joke. Insane. I would love it if Aaron Hotchner was just like the fucking office clown of the Seattle FBI. And it's not a character trait that ever carried over anywhere. Just present before that. He was like... But while he was there, he was like, fuck, the only guy I can be here is the funny guy because so many guys in the FBI are probably just some guy. And I'm already just some guy, so I have to do something else. Also... I, he calls Gideon Agent Gideon in this episode, Hotch does, which feels yes. really weird and bad So and weird. Gideon truly is the dad of the BAU. Yeah. He is their father. He's their father. He's especially Reed's father. He is extra Reed's He's father. Extra Reed's more father. than anybody yeah. else. He and, he and Hodge kind of have like a bromance. Uh-huh. Um, I yeah. I think, um, not to bring up Bronzo again, because he doesn't show up for two seasons, but like obviously Bronzo and Hotch are boyfriends. And I think right. Bronzo and Gideon were previously boyfriends. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Hodge is sort of like Gideon's boyfriend-in-law. Yeah. They're not at all romantic. No. <laughs> yeah. Should we get into why Bronzo is called Bronzo? Um, I think all I think all our dear listeners need to know is that he gets very, very tan as the seasons go. He on. does. He gets really and it's like fake tan. It's like he becomes fake, orange. And it's and it's like it's just worse because his hair is also he's aging, obviously. Yeah. So his hair gets more silver and he becomes more orange. Yeah, he's on the show for like 13 years. Yeah. So as he ages, his hair yeah. like becomes it starts out like really dark gray and it gets like white. And so his like tan becomes more and more just orange and also it's like the the camera changing um he becomes like really bronze uh yeah Clara could not remember his name for the longest time no because the nickname bronzo comes from when i would watch the show with my dad age 15 yeah um and i would constantly forget david rossi's real human name <laughs> and i would be like oh what's his name bronzo and of course nobody know what, would know what the fuck i was talking <laughs> So so they, they, they introduce themselves at the Seattle FBI office, whatever. They learned that the guy uh, tried to strangle with his hands and then stabbed them. Yes. Because that was too tiring. And now he uses a belt. Yes. And then they go That's to all I had the that. place where the bodies are dumped, which is yes. like an under an overpass. And it's like filled with trash. Yes. Oh, wait. I think we touched on for two seconds, but we get a, a clip of the Heather being held hostage and she's in a cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's shit. that's before. And also hair. her nails get trimmed by the, the unset. Yeah, or that's like right after the jet. Yeah, because I forgot yeah. that the nails getting clipped was a thing. And Me I too. did forget about the cage. And I typed that. He clips them with like pliers as well, which is so yeah it it with the cage and the pliers it really sets it up to be like a weird like pet thing and it's not no vibes there's time in the future though i don't know is there a pet episode of criminal minds there's a weird bird one a bird there's probably other weird pet ones yeah i know it's hard to know the thing about criminal minds is that there's at least like 
two incest episodes per season. The incest episodes. So we have a group chat. So anything's game really. We have a group chat with our friend Lauren. Hi Lauren. Um Hi Lauren. And it's it's mostly just me yelling about whatever Criminal Minds episode I'm watching at the at the mm-hmm. moment. So um, many of the messages are like, it's another incest it's, one. It's another incest one. How is I one. to know? It's another incest one. It's, uh, oh, whoop, it's a pedophile again. Yeah. And or <laughs> it's another eyes guy. There's a lot of dudes. There's so many eyes guys. <laughs> if you have a thing about eyes, look out. Look out, baby. It's okay if you do have a thing about skin. I did. Um, no, you, you have a thing where you're grossed out about skin. The, yeah. The way you said that made it sound like you were talking about the dudes who have a thing about eyes in the sense that they're serial killers who, like, take the eyes or glue the eyelids or whatever. Uh-huh. What you meant was if you're grossed out by eyes, trigger warning. Oh, <laughs> yes. Sorry. I was living in a world where saying you have a thing about something is enough for like your friends and loved ones to know that you don't like it. Sarah does not have like a weird paraphilia. No, I don't. I don't have a weird skin fetish. I have a thing about skin and that I uh, do not like when it's um, not doing its job. Yeah. Torn open. Yeah. They go to the overpass. Yes, they're under an overpass. Um, There's like weird lens flare. I said, okay. There's a weird bit where. Yeah, there's more bits where, like, cops to Morgan are like, so is that Gideon? The Gideon from Boston? And Morgan's like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And then we cut to uh, Reed and Hotch at the house of Heather. Heather. And her brother is her there. Her brother is there. And Sandy the dog is there. Sandy, Sandy the, the dog. dog Annie. Sandy the dog. <laughs> Sandy the dog barks at Reed. And Heather's brother is like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. And Hodge is like, don't worry. It happens all the time. We call it the Reed effect. It also happens with children. And I'm like, what is that? And then then Uh, Reed says something, something smart. Yes, um, of course, because it's Reed. Reed And Heather's brother brother is like, oh, what are you, some kind of genius? And Reed is like, I don't believe in the term genius. Uh, Reed's like, I am not a genius, but I am a genius. He's like, he's like, I have an eidetic memory. And he says, and I can read 20,000 words a minute, which is so Mm -hmm. insane. Yes, (laughs) but it is a thing that they use in the show constantly repeatedly yeah this is where i said that hodge is so nice and friendly in the episode and it feels fucked up because this is when i really noticed he was consistently being nice yeah he's just um, like personable and you know why he and also he makes like the sandy the dog joke yes about reed and i'm like he's true like i think that in the seattle office he had to be a jokester because it was the only guy left there to be all of the other archetypes were new <laughs> yeah Hodges like all the other archetypes for guys who are just some guy are taken, so I have to be the clown. Yeah. Oh, they f- they find out that Heather was in the market for a two forty Z. Yes, and they're trying to. Yeah. So Reed sees that she's got magazines about the car, and they're like, "Oh, cool. Okay, cool." She's looking for his car, and then we sort of go back to the police department, and they're all trying to figure out what the fuck is up with this guy and make a profile because they have to make a profile by four p.m. that day. And they're like, oh, no, we have no idea what's going on. Non-Gideon. And then Gideon has a moment where I describe it as either having PTSD or a big profiler moment. Yeah, I wrote. It was a big profiler moment. I wrote he was dissociating. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. It's like the camera pans all around him and there's just sort of this, like, noise sound happening. Yeah. Where people in the background are like, what's up with this guy? Maybe he's got 
symptoms disease or whatever. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention that much. I'm drinking a Mike's Harder. Everybody reminds a symptoms disease. Yes. Also, at around this point, I was like, where is Garcia? Where is Garcia? Where is she? Where is she? I miss her. Um, I wrote, this is, I swear, this is the most dramatic episode of this show. I stand by that. Yeah, because after Gideon's, like, big profiler moment, he's just like, we're ready. And then he leaves. And Morgan's like, on God, bro, we're ready for the profile now. And then he leaves and he walks back into the room in the funniest moments of the whole episode to like pick up a file he forgot. And he's just like, because Morgan's like, so Morgan is like, oh, so, so Morgan's like, we've got all this shit going on and we have a unit chief on wait, Sarah, the edge of a nervous Sarah, breakdown. Wait, wait, Sarah, I need you what, what, what? in the in the spirit of criminal minds. I need you to role play with me. Okay, okay. Who do you want to be? I'm good. I got to be Gideon. <laughs> okay, I'll be Morgan and Reed. Okay, okay, go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, ha- we have a unit chief on the edge of a nervous breakdown. They don't call them nervous breakdowns anymore. It's a major depressed... <laughs> It's a major depressive episode. And then Morgan's like, I know Reed. <laughs> and that's the beginning of Morgan and Reed dating. And also the beginning yeah. of the BAU polycule, which we will yes. get into later. Oh, yeah. Believe me, probably by the second probably episode. Probably by the second we'll episode. We've been to the BAU polycule. So we get hints, but... of, hints of the BAU polycule. Um, and then we go to the, um, I guess the, 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 Seattle bullpen. I know. It's a big room <laughs> and all the tables around are around it in like a circle or a rectangle, which really just makes it look like Gideon is a high school English teacher. He could which be. Which I loved. <laughs> he I mean, yeah, I mean there's that whole thing where it's like you're just like a college professor. Yeah. But I just think it's extra funny that all of the like Seattle PD people are sitting around taking notes like they're in a high school English class as yeah. well. Yeah, and then we have this, this, the repeated um, slow fades in and out of uh, what I've called Gideon's Mind Palace. Yes. Which is just Holy where he shit. imagines himself like in the in the unsub's life. Yeah. Okay, so what you have to understand also is that Criminal Minds started airing in probably around 2005. Yes. It ran 2005. And they are so excited about special effects. They're so excited about special effects. And so anytime somebody's talking about like the profile especially Gideon they like green screen the fuck out of yeah. it it's just whoever is talking in front of a green screen and then there's always just some like dude who's the unsub walking around and doing shit behind yeah, yeah. and it's like it's, every it, every time um and then yes. I wrote I forgot that there are fully no ladies in this episode which is not true but there wasn't up until that no. point and then we cut to um El Greenaway my beloved yes okay so it's sort of set up like it's just this this random lady yeah. and she's knocking on her neighbor's door and an old woman answers the door and she's like, hi, I got home, but the door was open and the lights were out. Can somebody like come over and check it out with me? And the old lady's like, sure, let me get my adult son. Grandson. And then man's son. Grandson. Grandson. I wrote that I wrote that he was a teen and then I realized later he was not a teen, no. but he is the scrawniest man ever. And so they go into like an empty house and look around in the dark. And then all of the FBI bursts out and he's like, holy fuck. And then you find out that this this woman is L and she's from sex crimes. And she basically um hits him with one hand and sends him to the ground. <laughs> yeah. She puts like one hand on his back and he's on the floor. Yeah, well, he's a twink. 
Yes. And he looks really familiar. And so I'm looking at IMDb right now. He looks sort of just like any drag king. Um, DJ Qualls. <laughs> Did you say he looks like any drag king or drag queen? Drag king. <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh, he was on Supernatural. Oh. Wow, shocker. He played Garth on Supernatural. Garth is probably a character on Supernatural. Garth Garth sure is a recurring character on Supernatural. He was in six episodes. And like every other person on Criminal Minds, he was in an episode of Law & Order. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) They just like pass those um, background characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They just like, they're like, oh, we need a new actor. And they're like, hold on, let's go through the the Law and Order archives and find somebody to play a serial killer again. So yeah, so it's this guy. We need to get into our serial killer database. Anyway, so, okay, we're going to talk about the dude that L. Slesman. Yes. Yeah. Pushes to the ground. Yeah. Just fucking with one hand. Uh, but we forgot to talk. (laughs) We forgot to mention the reason why they're at this dude's house, and it's because during his uh super genius English teacher profile, Gideon is like, this guy is an organized killer, and organized killers love to be involved with the the investigation, and so I think. Just kidding. I know that the unsub is somebody you have already interviewed so so that's this guy that's this guy richard his name is richard garth from supernatural major twink yes richard garth twink and then i've written quote in the middle of the episode okay bestie do not remember oh yeah this um no i was gonna write it down and then i didn't yeah it's fine i wrote down the the later the last one i think for people who do not watch criminal minds regularly Every episode of mm-hmm. Criminal Minds begins and ends with, or or near the beginning and near the end, there is there are quotes. Mm-hmm. It sort of like bookends the episode. Except in the pilot, there's like four. Yeah, but there's they, they have two like Criminal Minds quote quotes, and then they've got other quotes. No, but like but like voiceovers, oh. Like voiceover quotes. There's like four voiceover quotes, and then there's like them just quoting stuff like to each other. Yeah. Um, and that's what we call diegetic sound. I learned that in film studies. That might be incorrect. <laughs> that's what I maybe learned in film studies. If it's true. And then I wrote, um, Son of Sam mentioned, take a shot. <laughs> Criminal Minds loves referencing serial killers. I have stuff about Elle. She really wants to be in the BAU. Yes, so bad. As previously mentioned, she is currently or was in like sex crimes. Jokingly, Morgan tells Elle to show a little more leg. She says, Morgan, the only time you're going to see a little leg from me is when I kick your ass. And then I wrote, gonna fit yeah. right into the polycule, XOXO. Yeah, love that. I have another comment about Morgan's full suit. Please, please give it to me. Because Morgan's Morgan full suit feels fucked up. <laughs> And then immediately after God reads hair is so bad. Yeah. Horrible little like I I I abandoned this reading of Criminal Minds like after season one, I think. Maybe halfway through season two. Um, but like season one to like season the first half of season two read just looks so much like a he him lesbian. Rubly. Like just aesthetically. Truly. Like, um mm-hmm. if you put any kind of just- woman in that hairstyle and those outfits, I'd be like, oh yeah. 
that's a lesbian, but it's Matthew Gray Yeah, Gilbert. but it's just Matthew Gray Googler with a little bob tucked behind his this ears. Worst little, worst little bob. And a little sweater and a collar yeah. shirt. They're trying to get into Richard Slesman's computer. Yes. So they're looking around the house. They're like, this guy doesn't seem right because he doesn't have any defensive wounds on him. And you know that he should because he cuts all of their nails. Yeah, they could, so presumably because they scratch at him. Well, they, he cuts their nails because he wants them to fight back but not actually like injure him that badly yes and so morgan's looking around the house he's in his room he's like something's not right this is a this is a little boy's room he does he's like this isn't a man's room this is a boy's room he's a yeah um and then there's this random police guy like checking out the chonky ass 2000s laptop and he's like oh there's a login password on this like post-it note or whatever and immediately just goes ahead and types it in causing the computer to shut itself down um, and morgan <laughs> we love to see morgan, it in this moment knows more about computers than he does for the entire rest of the series yes and realizes that it's a love that. password and he's like no but it's too late it's too late and then they're in the attic and reed finds no, before, uh a game that what Oh. oh no! I guess it is. Yeah, they're in the attic, um, and Reed finds, Reed yeah. finds uh, a, a game of Go. Yes, and he says the line. It seems like he's playing with himself, which I just thought was a really funny line. But basically, the dude has a Go board on like a lazy Susan, yeah. and is playing both sides. So he always and comes he's out basically on like, <laughs> and he's like, you can see what someone's like strategies and personality is like, like based on their play style based on how they play this game, basically. And then somebody's like, well, what does it say about it or whatever? And he looks at the board for, like, two seconds and is like, extreme, extreme aggressor. aggressor. <laughs> which is the title of the episode, so I guess he had to say yeah. it. And then there's a bit where they find, like, a, a backup laptop or whatever. They plug the laptop into another laptop, and they're like, oh, we have six tries to get the, uh, the um, password yes. right before it, like, wipes the hard drive. This is especially where I'm like, where, where is Garcia? Garcia? I, was like, I was like, where the fuck is Garcia? And Gideon quotes yeah. Samuel Beckett, um, and Morgan's like, what the fuck? And Rita's like, oh, it's Samuel Beckett. And it's like a quote about like, yeah. try, fail, try again, fail better. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Morgan responds with, uh, do or do not, there is no try. And Gideon looks confused, which is why. Yeah, and Reed has to be like, Yoda. Which I think like, is great. I love that Reed does know about pop culture. Yes. That's always refreshing for a nerd character. Yeah, no, he knows about pop culture. That's so good. And then I wrote another serial killer reference, Take a Shot, which I think was um, Gideon goes back downstairs to interview Slesman because he finds his book on Slesman's book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I want to talk to yeah. him. And the Richard is says he's like, Gideon's fan. fan. Never a good and I and I in criminal mind. No, and I wrote that he looks so horny for <laughs> Gideon while telling him about CPR. Which is true because he's like, Do you know that CPR doesn't really work outside of a hospital or like ever really? So funny that you still try to do it on your agent that died in Boston. Yeah, and then ever. they kind of make Gideon Gideon mentioned something about like DID not being real. Which mm-hmm. is insane because in like four seasons there's there's a DID case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird because Gideon's like multiple personalities aren't real. But then he says, Why are you interested in dissociative identity disorder? Like he like that's a real thing. Yeah. And so I'm confused. <laughs> but I don't think the writers the writers never know what they're doing with the show. I think they really didn't know what they were doing. No. 
No, the writers are always like, I think that this person has this mental illness. And then they have to be like, but most people with this mental illness aren't silly serial killers. And then everyone's like, yeah, we know. I mean, at least um, they give that disclaimer. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Like some meat. I, I just think it's funny. Yeah. I wrote Slussman is a little twink bastard and then immediately after he said that said this is the most heterosexual episode of this show which is ironic considering it's the one with the least amount of women um, we're still waiting on Garcia at this point um we yes. zoom in also Hodge talks to Gideon to see if he's okay after oh, yeah, wait, wait, Boston before that, be like he- before that Gideon's like sitting in the kitchen with Slussman and they zoom in on like a mm-hmm. sampler or something that says good little boys are like sunshine which was only yes my and then like <laughs> and then there was also like cookies are only good for boys. like yeah boys weird so weird it was this whole thing about like how the the killer is like a man but like richard isn't a man he's a yeah, Richard's like the submissive personality and the they haven't figured out that there's two dudes yet there's yeah two dudes. yeah but when they find out there's two dudes it's because hodge is talking to gideon and be like are you okay after boston or whatever you know, like, you can't be two different people where, like, you pretend you're okay, but also you're a super girlfriend. Yeah. And then Gideon's like, <gasps> gasp, two different people. <laughs> That's this case. There's a second killer. Um, Gideon, I wrote, Gideon spends, like, a quarter of this episode dissociating, which is an exaggeration, but not by much. I, I did say in regards to, even though Hotch is both being so nice and wearing a light-colored trench coat, that he is still wearing the world's most unfitted suit. Yeah. He really is. Hodge asks if if the CPR stats are correct, and Gideon says, if you want stats on CPR, ask Reed. And I said, Gideon, don't be mean to Aaron. Where's the bromance? <laughs> After this scene, finally, 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 we get to no, see Garcia. No, first. First. What? First. They try, they, first they that, that Richard has a partner. Yeah, I said and that. Hodge, and they're trying to figure out who the partner is. And they know that he was in prison at some point. And they're like, how are we going to, he's not going to talk. Can we figure this out? And it cuts to Hotch holding up, like handing a mug of like tea or something to Richard Slesman's grandma. Oh, yeah. um, and, I, and I just wrote, I, I was screaming about it. And then I wrote a polite young man, which is accurate. <laughs> I love him. My God. But now finally, finally, finally. Now finally, finally, finally. finally, finally. Garcia. We get to see Garcia. Morgan calls Garcia to help him crack the laptop password yeah and Garcia's like she is oh I also wrote what she was wearing she's wearing a yellow shirt yeah. a yellow collared shirt and a brown argyle brown sweater vest, sweater vest which, which is, is the most subdued thing you ever see her wear and it is it is a bright yellow shirt I thought it was it lime is. green which is how bright it is it is the most reed looking I think she lost a bet yeah she must have must have garcia would never it is not nearly stylish enough but yeah morgan calls yeah. her does and not call her baby girl this episode because no. he fully does not know her name yet that comes up later he does in, in another episode he does not know her name yet <laughs> oh my god yeah basically garcia is like hello it's me computer wizard and morgan's like we have a uh completely fake password program name insert it here uh, and she's like well sucks for you that's a fucking tough one you have to find out more about this dude <laughs> you were the computer wizard and she's like nope no nope, sorry sorry bestie we just wanted to show that i am a character who exists see you later and i think it's fully the only time that garcia is like i absolutely cannot do that and you are on your own peace out <laughs> yeah for real. Um, but then we change we scenes again quote Oh, there's a third, the third quote? We the third voiceover quote. I don't know what I it was because one. I wrote was third quote, what the fuck. I missed um, it. That, 
Elk there is really bad in this scene. <laughs> Who's we, there? Elk. Oh yeah, her outfit also. Her outfit was terrible. Her like, yeah, she's wearing like this lilac colored button up with a a lounge, a brown leather jacket over it, and it just looks bad. Looks bad. So we cut to Ellen and Hotch. No, it's Ellen Gideon. Oh fuck, you're right. It's Ellen Gideon. It's Ellen Gideon are like the buddy cop duo of this episode. They are the buddy cop duo of this episode. They're in the prison that Slesman and the dude that they think was Slesman's partner. Yes. No, well, we're not there. We're they they discover that Richard was in prison and he had a cellmate. Oh right. they're like so they're like, let's go to prison and interview the cellmate. But then we cut again to Morgan. No, it's oh, Morgan fuck. and he's he's looking through Richard's shit and he's like, he takes sleep medication, so he's an insomniac and he has a lot of CDs. And he's trying to figure out the password. And he does some some role play, but they don't call it role play yet. Yeah, they do that later. In yeah. It's um, so fun. Then we cut to Hotch and Reed. Yes. In the Seattle bullpen. Yes. The only part I remembered and wrote from this conversation was that Reed asks Hotch why he always introduces him as Dr. Reed. And Hotch says, because he knows people see you as a kid and he wants them to respect you, which I thought was extremely soft. It is. Yeah. Hotch is very soft with his team members. This is a hill I'll die on. Yeah, I don't know what actual plot stuff happened in that scene. Um, they, well, they find out, they don't say it until the next scene, but they find out in that scene that the dude that they thought was Slesman's partner died a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then the next scene, it's Ellen Gideon in the prison, in prison. being like, fuck, Richard Selmate is dead. Yeah, now we have nobody to interview. And I said, Gideon, you are so not subtly staring at this guy's keys. Yes. And they don't show it until the end of this scene after uh, Elle mentions that the, the partner died. But like the, the dude's like, oh yeah, I had to protect Slesman because like he was like a little white guy in this prison. Um, which yeah. Not only is he a rapist, and a, a rapist and a murderer, he's also racist. <laughs> yes. And the security guard's name is Timothy Vogel. Timothy Vogel so you know. is the security guard. And then we cut back to uh, the FBI Odd. office. And yes. Hodge, Hodge is going to interrogate Slesman. So Elle had asked if Hodge would lead the interrogation on Slesman, mm-hmm. which he does. Um, and he's essentially just like, we're going to calm the fuck out of this guy. Let's yes. go. I forget he what the first... Them, like, he has them, like, fill boxes with paper, even if it's like, oh, like yeah. paper and like, write Timothy's name on the side. Yeah, and be like, we're not even here for you. We're here for your partner. And he's going to sell you the fuck out. Yeah. And that's essentially that scene. Also, he yeah. turns down the thermostat so he's cold. Yeah, which which really doesn't do it doesn't notably do anything. Um, but it's just funny. It's funny. Though this random lady is like, "What is he doing?" As Hosh is like fiddling with the thermostat and like, yeah, it's like oh, being cold like, puts him on edge. Yeah, and then we go back to Morgan. He still wants a password. They've been looking at CDs because as we've established, Sussman's an insomniac and yeah. listens to a lot of music. And so they were trying to find what CD they listened to the most, but he couldn't do it. And then Reed is there now, but he's like, oh, we're dumb. We missed the obvious place to look. And he just opens the disk drive on the laptop. Yeah, and there's a fucking, yeah, and there's a fucking Metallica CD. Metallica and- CD, and then Derek Morgan says, I'm an insomniac who listens to Metallica to go to sleep at night. What's my favorite song? And Reed goes, Enter Sandman. It's like immediately. And I'm like, okay, so Reed listens to Metallica. Yes. Reed has listened to Metallica at least once. And that's the that's the way to get into the computer. Uh, we cut back to 
Hotch doing something. I don't know what. I, because I all I wrote, all I wrote was Aaron Hotchner, you are so handsome. <laughs> Hotch is still interrogating Slesman. He is like, I know that you feel like, like he protected you in prison or whatever. Right. So now you have to be there for him or whatever. And but then he's like, but you don't owe him anything. And I said this advice was like, he is a drunk girl in the bathroom. <laughs> he said it like, you have to remember, Richard, you don't owe him anything. <laughs> Which I feel like is just really drunk girl advice. And yeah, drunk girl in a bar bathroom advice is yes. you have to remember you don't owe him anything. Um, correct, correct. And then we cut back again. To buddy cop duo Ellen Gideon. They are following the orange Z, which they oh, assume see, is vocal. I skipped that entirely because I didn't care about any of it, but continue. Oh, shit. Okay, so they're following the orange Z, which they assume is Vogel, but yeah. Ella's like, we have to pull this guy over because I can also do profiling. He's not rushing at all, and he's not trying to hide a body because he's not rushing. So yeah. Gideon's like, yeah, okay, sure, pull him over. And they pull him over, and it's a completely different dude who is Vogel's co-worker who... Yeah. I guess just let him switch cars with him for some reason. We have a fun scene where Ella's like pinning him to the ground or whatever, being like, what's the fucking make of the car? And he's like in distress, oh. screaming Dodge Dakota. Ella's didn't even ask him what the make of the car is. She I just know, has it's... him pinned to the ground and Gideon is, yell- Gideon is yelling, what's the make? What's the make? And he's yeah. like, it's a Dodge Dakota! He's like, um, they're just like in the middle of the road at the in the yeah. at like eight o'clock at night. It's like dark yeah. outside. It's a shock. Nobody gets run over. Yeah. Um, so now we go back to Morgan. Him and Reed are in the laptop and they're looking at the like camera footage. footage of Heather in the cage. In the cage. And Morgan's like, she's alive. Um, and then Reed's like, wait a minute. The lights look like they're swaying, like the earth is moving. And then Morgan goes, not the earth. The ocean. The ocean. And so we figure out that she's on a boat. And then we cut back to Hodge with Richard, trying to get Richard to tell them where they keep their victims. Where exactly it is. Hodge is like, where is it? Is it a dock? A pier? And eventually Richard's like, it's a shipyard. I mean, pretty much right after that, he's like, it's a shipyard. Yeah. But I really wanted for Hodge to keep, like, listing boat places so badly. I wanted him to be like, is it a marina? A cruise? <laughs> but yeah, so Richard Slesman tells Hodge that it's a shipyard. Yes, and Morgan's like, I can see the cameras, Vogel's on the boat, Ellen Gideon are at the shipyard, and Morgan calls Elle and is like... Wait, you can't go in. You need backup. He's on the boat. And Elle's and like, no, nah, fine. told me to listen to my instincts. Yeah. Elle is big on um, instincts and violence, and I love that for her. We cut to Heather. Yes, she is absolutely fighting for her life now. They shot the captor and, like, yes. hits him trying. Yeah, she's crawling she, so hard away. She's, she's blindfolded. So she yes. gets out of the cage and then immediately run, runs headfirst into something, which I don't think was funny the first time I watched it, but this time made me absolutely scream with laughter because it was just like, like she just like full on into a pole, just bonks yeah. her head. Just face first. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I wrote, go girl, go. <laughs> Vogel catches up to her essentially. And then yes. while he has got her, Gideon shows up and Vogel's like got her hostage and they're doing sort of a gun standoff. And Gideon is like, go ahead and shoot me. It's like 15 feet. And Vogel goes, do you think I'm an idiot? And yeah, Gideon I goes, I think you're a complete moron. 
Gideon's basically best quality is his absolute willingness and ability to bully Unsos. Because then yeah. Gideon proceeds to be like, I know that you're compensating because you go to the gym and you drive a sports car and I know your dick is small and you can't get it up. What did girls in high school call you? Oh, I know. Tiny Tim. Tiny and then immediately Vogel tries to shoot him. Well, here's the thing is that that's not, he doesn't, he doesn't default that Tiny Tim. He, he like, no. he's he still like, like what did girls first. in high school call you when you couldn't fucking get it up? Hmm, let me think. Yeah. I know. He like fully has his gun away at this point because he knows that Ella is like, is like hidden behind some boxes with her gun out. Yeah. But it's so funny because like Gideon is such a bastard he is. for most of the time he's on this show. And his one redeeming quality really is just that he's played by Mandy Patinkin. But like if I yeah. had to pick a second redeeming quality for him, it would be that like he is the he is the walking personification of like all of the um look at look at the fields of my fucks there barren memes he's just he doesn't have any left and you know what happened to all of his fucks they got blown up in boston with just six agents on his team (laughs) yeah so l shoots vogel yeah Um, the tiny heather gideon also gets shot Gideon gets shot and he's like i'm fine i'm fine get get the victim and so l goes to help heather and then Uh, we sort of I don't know. It sort of cuts away after that. Yeah, and it cuts to, like, him. He's got, like, patched up. Anyway, it cuts to Hodge talking to Morgan. Because mm-hmm. Morgan's like, uh, what do you think about Gideon since you're supposed to be his, like, official raider of his sanity or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, like, and Hodge is like, I don't really know. What do you think? Because Morgan has been distrustful of Gideon's ability this whole episode. And Morgan's just like, well, he saved the un- the not the unsub police. He did not save the unsub. He saved no, the he's victim. like, he saved the victim, so that's good enough for me. And then Hodge is like, yeah, all right. And then they cut to the to the to the jet, I believe. Yes, I said plane, plane time. Plane time. And then I wrote Hotch sitting on the arm of a chair. Gay. Oh my god. Yeah. Everybody in criminal minds is bisexual. <laughs> Hodge talks to Gideon. Gideon's like, "Did you pick a baby name?" And Hodge is like, "Oh, Haley liked all these names, but they remind me of serial killers." And the names are like Charles. And Gideon's like, "Oh, Manson." And then Hodge is like, "Henry." And Gideon's like, "Oh, Lee Lewis." And then Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. But I think this is funny, especially the name Henry, because later the character comes on the show. Her name is JJ. And JJ has a son. And JJ's son's name is fully Henry. And then we, and then, and then Hotch, or no, sorry, Gideon is like, um, how, how is the, how is the report on my behavior going? And Hotch looks like, he tries not to look shocked, but still looks shocked. And Gideon's like, mm, did you think you could hide from like an old profiler like me? Do you think you could hide from me, super profiler? You fucking moron. My name is Aniga Montoya. I'm a super profiler. <laughs> Prepare to die. To die. <laughs> and I think Hotch is like, you're fine. I'm gonna tell them that you're like totally good mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Then we get then we get the actual ending quote, which is the the Nietzsche quote about looking into the abyss and the abyss looks back, which I'm pretty sure they reuse at some point. Oh, at least once. Sure. And then it, it's the gas station guy again. Yes. So we cut to Gideon. He's in a gas station. There is. A the the guy checking him out yeah. has a stutter and he's white and in his twenties. And not only is he a white guy with a stutter in his twenties, but there's also all of these goddamn photos behind him. Yes, there is a collage of 
of extremely fucking creepy Polaroids of close-ups of people smiling, but, like, way too close. Yeah, and I'm like, even without the profile, if I was an FBI agent, I'd be like, hmm. If I was a normal person at a gas station, I'd be like, I need to leave. Yeah, and then... Gideon leaves the gas station after paying, but he sees in, like, a reflection of a shiny surface that the guy is behind him cocking a shotgun, and then... Cut to credit. This episode was so dramatic. The only thing that could possibly come close to like Criminal Minds music choice, especially Criminal Minds like cover music choice, clearly yeah. as seen by the noise cover of In the Air Night or whatever. <laughs> Fucking metal cover. Of the only thing that could absolutely come close is it is after twenty nineteen? Yes, I was going to literally <laughs> say it after twenty nineteen, the acoustic cover of Complicated. Holy fuck, same brain. I think, um, yeah, I, there's like two points in this show where they use Sleeping at Last songs. And I forget that Sleeping at Last is like any kind of mainstream. It's like getting slapped in the face whiplash. There's an episode where they use Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. And I was like, what? I was like, this shitty little teen unsub doesn't deserve Johnny Cash's cover of her. That that fucking assassinated me. (laughs) Anyway, takeaways from this episode. Yes, Koch will never be this friendly again. Koch will never be this friendly again. Criminal Minds will never be this straight again. No. They were taking themselves so seriously. They were. It was, I don't know. It was so weird because, like, everyone was very serious about them being profilers but i feel like very little profiling happened and also like nobody was really showing their true colors which is obvious because it was a pilot yeah yeah but like i don't know it was also just so weird that they were like here's the profile i know who the guy is it's a guy you've interviewed already and then they cut to just like getting him Yeah, and it's because garcia was only in one scene because usually that's where garcia like works her magic true because usually in most episodes of Criminal Minds, after they have their profile and they're like, this is exactly the type of guy we're looking for. And even if they have like a finite pool of people to search for within that, there's like a scene or two of them looking or like being yeah. like, and now we've searched and we found that guy. Oh, we found him as the wrong guy. And this one is just like, it's a guy you've interviewed. And then they cut to getting a guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. To be fair, it's, this happens sometimes when it's like partners and they don't realize it's partners, but like there's That's usually, true. yeah, there's usually more. The pacing was weird. Yeah, super weird. I have something to say about the scene where they get Richard yes, and it's in Slussman and it's after they get him and they sort of cut away to this sort of aerial shot from a helicopter, the spotlight. And I'm like, what about this operation made them need a helicopter? <laughs> helicopter what made them need like i know it was probably just a a shot to flex but i'm like nothing about this needed a helicopter spotlight aside from the fact that it was nighttime but like i even then i'm like the bureaucracy like yeah of anything like you wouldn't be able to get the helicopter spotlight in time to run this operation like just in case the guy like managed to slip out the back door like Like, it's not gonna happen no, um, not with the way I the government. Think really, works. what happened is Hotch used whatever pull he had with the Seattle FBI office. Oh yeah, um, 
to I was like, can I please get a helicopter spotlight for me, your favorite jokester? Your favorite jokester. And everybody yeah. else in the BAU was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Reed wakes up the day after this case is closed and he's like, I had the craziest dream <laughs> that we found an unsub in Seattle and Hodge was like so funny for some reason. This isn't even this this episode isn't even like actually how this case went down. It is just Reed's like dream yeah. version of it. That's that's the reason that the pacing is so weird is because it's like dream so pacing. It's, it's dream pacing. Like that's why Reed is so sassy. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. why Hodge is so like nice and funny. Yeah, and also why he's wearing a tan trench coat. Reed is in the next episode. You don't get to see it, but Reed is like Hodge. I had the weirdest dream. You were like cracking jokes to like a dude whose sister had just been kidnapped, and also you you were wearing a tan trench coat. And Hodge is like, "That's ridiculous. I would never wear a tan trench coat." Get back to work. <laughs> back to work, Spencer. Yeah. So. So I guess that's. That's that on that. Next time on Queer Middle Minds, we'll be watching season one, episode two, Compulsion. Goodbye. Bye. This is Paxton coming to you from post where I've just finished editing this episode. Thank you once again for tuning in. You can find us on TikTok at Queer Middle Minds, and we will be available to be listened to on Spotify and YouTube. Once again, thank you so very, very much, and we'll see you next time.